doing well. Hey everyone, hope you're doing well. Uh, welcome to episode 14 of Bible and Breakfast with Basketball Dads. I'm really excited for our guest today, uh, Brent Tipton, and we're we're coming to you a little later today. Usually we do this at nine in the morning, but we're we're coming at you nine at night because Coach Tipton's over in Guam, and there's a 14-hour time difference. So for him, it's breakfast. So we're we're doing breakfast over in Guam today, and uh, appreciate <laughs> you stopping by, Brent. Thanks. I had some oatmeal and some French toast, so I'm good to go. Perfect. Perfect. So for those of you guys who don't know, uh, I actually have known Coach Tipton for going on probably 14 or 15 years now. Uh, we, we went to college together and, and Brent played uh, for our college program while I was coaching and um, or being a student assistant coach and got to know him then. And it's been really cool to to see him grow as a coach and a dad. And, uh, you know, now he's coaching with the, the Guam men's national team and uh, he's the assistant coach for the Nash, the senior national team and the head coach for the 17U team. So uh, we're really excited to have him on today. Um, but yeah, Brent, before we uh, kind of jump into some basketball stuff was, you know, Bible and breakfast really want to to have some people encouraged and was wondering, you know, what, what's God been teaching you recently? Some things maybe you've been learning from the word or just from, from this time. Man, you know, thank you for the opportunity to share, Andrew. Um, I've been reading through uh, some things in Philippians um, and, you know, during this time, uh, just with the world, the way it's going, um, getting older, a little bit older and just understanding how um, things operate. Uh, Philippians has been a, a big encouragement to me. Uh, just starting off with Philippians 4.11, it says, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. So, um, you know, just trying to be content with my my situation, I don't, I'm not in a bad situation, um, wherever I'm at with my family, with my job, uh, to be content and just to value uh, what God has given me, the opportunity, the relationships. And a, a really cool phrase that Paul says in that verse, it says, I am still learning or I have learned. And I think for me, I'm still trying to learn that. So kind of echoing with that verse, going to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, this is my dad's favorite verse says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. So this right here is an encouragement because I know I need to be content every day with whatever comes my way, uh, but just also trusting God that he is going to you know, work in my own heart. Uh, he's going to hopefully, or I'm hopefully going to allow him to um, make my understanding uh, scripture based around God's word. Um, and then when success or a setback comes, acknowledge him and know that if I do acknowledge him, that my path will be straight. And then going back to Philippians, just the first the first chapter, uh, Philippians 1, 6 say, says that I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. at the So knowing that I got to be content today, that I need to trust in God today. And I'm worried about, you know, not worried about, but focused on the present day, then in the future, God will bring to whatever he's doing in my life to completion and just learning every day to trust in God to, to allow that to happen is definitely a challenge, but something that I know is true through God's word. And it's encouraging to fall back on those truths. Yeah, I love that. And it's so cool to hear you talking about, you know, learning every day and just consistently growing. And I think of a lot of people, you know, I've I've known over the years, and especially over this uh, quarantine time and coronavirus 
uh, time in our life, man. You've you've been on social media, just not only soaking everything up and learning, taking notes, but you've been sharing and uh, helping other people grow as well. So that's so cool to hear that that you're always, you know, I've seen it and it's it's something you exemplify. So I appreciate you you sharing that. Um, and I kind of wanted to, you know, use that to go into, you know, we we met in college, we met at North Interna- International University, and I know for myself. You know, that was a, a time in my life and a place where I really grew and I learned a ton about myself, about others, about God. And it really ignited my passion to coach um, because I had some great mentors there and people who showed me the way. But I was wondering if there is maybe one thing that has stuck with you that, that you learned in your time in college uh, that you've taken with you as a husband, a father, a coach that you could share with us. You know, when when you go back to those college days, you, my mind goes back to immaturity and just areas of growth since I was in college. And so I think the biggest thing that I've taken away, you know, the, the, one of the mottos that Northland had was life touching life. Um, and I didn't really realize at the time how that would affect me in my thirties, but even now I'm, I'm, I'm realizing the life lessons that I learned as a college age basketball player or college age student, you know, unfortunately, I didn't learn some of those lessons until I got into my 30s. And just kind of seeing how sometimes the maturity level or the understanding when we're coaching our players, it isn't going to happen. And you're not going to see the fruit and the benefit with players right away in that season. But hopefully through just maturity and through, um, you know, as a Christian, getting in God's word and growing spiritually, uh, you kind of come to a realization like man you know these situations in college or these coaches or this they really had my best interests in, at heart and so I think the biggest lesson I learned was be patient with or, or being patient with players um, and their own maturity process and, and, and that helps me relate to uh, players who may not get it right now whether they're in high school but you know knowing that if I'm consistent and uh, I'm you know I'm true to uh, the coaching process, then they may not get it now, but they will most likely and for sure get it when they're older. And I think being a dad helps with that maturity process. And I know that with my son, man, some of those things have been, you know, thrown right back into my face as a father and just trying to, you know, help my son with his own maturity process. Yeah, that's great. And, um, you know, I know one thing that's, you know, taking those lessons into coaching and you're, you're coaching with the Guam national team right now, and you've had a lot of experiences in the international game with FIBA and, you know, the Asian games and uh, just seeing a lot of basketball. And I know you had the opportunity, you actually were able to bring your son to one of our practices at Stetson uh, back in the fall. And it was really, really cool to see you then. And I know you would, you know, you'd express some interest in maybe coming back and coaching in the state sometime, but wanted to kind of ask you, what are some similarities and key differences that you've kind of seen in your time uh, between the American game of basketball and what you've seen internationally? Um, that's a really good question. You know, you know, on Guam, we still have stateside influence. So all, all of our high school teams, they play under the National Federation of High Schools, but all of our national teams obviously were playing with FIBA roles. Um, I think, you know, basketball coaching-wise, um, you know, the, the, the biggest difference is role differences between FIBA and the American game. Uh, and just the way... Uh, that develops players, you know, quicker decisions, uh, having to play at a quicker pace. Um, and then just being exposed to the international game, I think, you know, more of a basketball context, we're, we're more focused on ball movement, player movement, as opposed to 
you know, just being heavily uh, dribble, dribble heavy and letting the ball stick with one person. I know there's different styles of play, but I think that might be the big, biggest difference. Um, just, you know, just the opportunity to play instead of playing universities, we're playing other countries. And, you know, that's uh, when you get your country involved, the national pride is really strong and it's a really cool environment to be in. Yeah, and I know, you know, as, as I studied the international game, it's something that's really intrigued me over the last few months. And, you know, I've watched a lot of the, the European style offenses and um, even just listening to a lot of your clinics. And I know you're heavily involved with, you know, pick and roll and just the differences with, you know, you talked heavily on the mid pick and roll and some some options and things that you guys can do out of that. But what have you kind of been seeing as you've been talking with coaches and you've been sharing about those concepts, what are some things that, uh, you know, American coaches are asking, saying, man, we, we want to see this over here. How do we do that? Or why is that so successful internationally, but we have a hard time doing it here? Are you, is there anything that you're kind of seeing or, or learning from that process? Yeah, you know, I, that's a really good question. Again, I think sometimes, um, I know I did too, thinking that pick and roll is the offense, but it's just part of the offense. So we may you know, use a pick and roll not to create a shot in that particular side of the court or in that particular action, but we're going to use that to create an advantage on the second side or on the weak side to create a rotation and a long closeout. And I think that's from, from the way I've learned and I'm learning through the pick and roll is we just don't use a pick and roll as the offense as part of the offense. And sometimes we will, you know, miss intentionally miss a pick and roll to where we let that defender go under or over and then we come back and rescreen, and that gets us into more advantage, offensive advantage situations. So uh, we just, I mean, we use the pick and roll more as a trigger to get into an advantage situation as opposed to, you know, running like a flow continuity or, you know, a Gonzaga, which is prominent in college, more of a continuity. We don't usually use that continuity with the ball screen. It's more uh, as triggers to hunt for an advantage. Yeah. And, you, you know, you talked about the the player movement and using, you know, I've, I've seen that so much too, that, you know, the international game has so many decoy movements or false movements that, that aren't necessarily a scoring option, which here in the States, you know, you watch the NBA and a ball screen is, man, Russell Westbrook's going to come off it trying to score or make a scoring play off of it. And, you know, internationally, it, it, like you said, it's a setup play, a trigger as you, I love that term um, to set up something else, but was there something, you know, have you always coached like that or is, where did you learn? Um, what did you see or where did you learn this concept of, you know, using your pick and roll as a trigger? Well, uh, I know in the States read and react with Rick Torbett is huge. Um, that's when I first started coaching. I, you know, I man, I came from Northland to Guam. I didn't know the first thing about coaching. So I, I was just doing some research. I found these Rick Torbett, uh, information on the Read and React. I, I pulled that together, started, you know, studying it. I liked how it taught the game, not through sets, but more through concepts and, you know, playing, making decisions. Um, that just kind of has morphed from that to dribble drive. Now from dribble drive to um, playing in the concept of more dominoes and how to trigger those dominoes. And so it's been, you know, on this part of the world, for instance, we just played New Zealand in our first window of the FIBA Asia Cup. Ross McMaines is the assistant coach on that team, and he is one of the originators of the domino concepts. So just being able to personally talk to him, um, I had to scout New Zealand. So 
you know, watching incredible amount of film on them, you kind of get to understand their style of play, how they trigger their offense. And so I think that's been a really big influence on where I've come to my philosophy of our style of play. Yeah, and I know you mentioned New Zealand and, and just watching those guys being able to to pick their game apart, but are there other teams, whether it's a national team or a pro league team, that you've kind of studied or watched that have, has really helped you develop? Or is it something that's, you know, I know you're consistently working and growing on it, but is there a team that you would recommend mm-hmm. other coaches to kind of check out and study? Sure, yes. Um, uh, a colleague of mine or coaching friend of mine, uh, Liam Flynn, as the assistant coach for the Hopi El Jerusalem uh, in the championship champions league in Israel. So um, I met him, uh, I think about maybe 10 months ago, we were supposed to be in Las Vegas for the summer league, the summer that obviously fell through, you know, but we just kept our dialogue and our collaboration going. Anyway, he has been a huge teacher and resource for me and understanding how to play with, within the pick and roll concept, more or less not in a continuity, but more in, in triggers and, you know, playing conceptually. Um, and then just watching, you know, different Euro league, league teams like Fenerbahce and Real Madrid with Pablo Lasso. Those have been some, you know, inspiring teams that you just watch their style of play and how they you know, use the pick and roll to trigger offensive action has been beneficial. So I know in the States, it's more college driven and NBA driven but more international, you know, for international coaches, we are more, I guess, European driven, driven in our, our style of play. Yeah, I love that. And those are some really good recommendations. I know, you know, one of our assistants at Stetson, Jonathan Mitchell and myself, were watching a lot of Fenerbahce tape and just seeing, seeing how they, you know, like you said, use that pick and roll as a trigger. And it's just so fun to watch how these teams move the ball, move their players and, and really get scoring options out of those. But uh, Brent, thank you so much for joining us today. Is there, uh, I know you've been on a lot of clinics. You've done a lot of talks. Is there somewhere if people want to to you know read or listen more about the mid pick and roll or anything you've been talking about where they can find you? Sure, my Twitter handle is at Coach B Tipton, and that's the same as my Gmail account. So my Gmail account is Coach B Tipton uh, Gmail dot com, and I I I have Coach Tube has been gracious enough to to publish um, one of my webinars. And I, they put a price on it, and I didn't put that price on there. But um, I, my agenda is not to make money. My agenda is just to share. And so, if you want to reach out, I have a promo code to where you can get that for free. And you know, I'm not looking to make any money. I can shoot that to you, and then you know, all the links of the other presentations that I've done and the articles and stuff. I'm more than well, more than happy to share, and just share the game in any way that I can. Yeah. So if you guys want, I'd, I'd really strongly recommend you guys to check that out and get in contact with Brent. Um, he's doing a great job. And like I said, at the beginning of the show, man, I'm, I'm super proud of you, super excited to watch you grow as a coach and uh, hopefully maybe have the opportunity to coach with you someday if you come back over here to the States. So thanks for, thanks for hopping out with us. And you know, I do just before you go, um, I just really appreciate, you know, your heart behind the Bible and breakfast with basketball dads. And I, I think it's really important that, you know, coaches are, are mixing those three things, Bible uh, and being a dad with coaching. And I think it's really important and influential for what you're doing. And I just want to say thank you for the opportunity to share and, and thank you for leading this uh, for us coaches. Yeah, well, I appreciate that feedback. And I'm so thankful for guys like you who set the example every day of, you know, being a great dad, being a great husband and, and also helping us grow as coaches. So thanks again, coach. Thank you, Andrew.